Thank you for listening to the FCS Podcast with your hosts, Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, do you believe? You're on thin ice over there. Just, just I'm not zip it. Just zip it. You know, just because you say you're not saying anything, you're still saying something. Take seven of the intro monologue by yours truly. How you doing over there, Judas? I'm doing great. Well, it's the FCS Podcast presented by the Believe Podcast Network. You have anything you want to interject over there? <laughs> We've, we have always been able to just record in one take. Oh my god. If it's first, not in any show, first time ever, seven takes. You know, I take a lot of pride in helping out, making sure everything's running smoothly here. We were having some mic issues earlier. I solved that for Joe. It's all good. Oh, you we solved start it. We start the show. I, who solved it? Thank you. And, you know, we're getting through the intro. Oh, points out. First take. Oh, Sean, your speaker's on. Got it. Turn that speaker off. Second take. Okay, I'm just going to jump on whatever opener you're going to have. Okay. Three, four, five, and six. Just an absolute disaster. You got too cute with it. I, I didn't. Was, you got too cute with it. <laughs> yeah, we'll you got to mess up every once in a while. You. I didn't mess up. No, I'm just saying. No, it was me. It was on me, but like, we have to have a lapse in chemistry think that's what it every once in a while. Because I would argue we have the most chemistry out of any Gosh. college football duo. I don't know if there's anybody else that, no. that could top that. No. Any other college football duos living with each other? Definitely not. Yeah, I don't think so. And also, most analysts don't. are so big-headed that they hate each other. Right. We hate each other, but I, it's the not, chemistry's still there. Right. It's a loving hate. I, I, I'd say it's a loving hate. You know what they say, keep your enemies closer. Gosh, just getting trampled. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it seems like every week when we start this Thursday show, we say that these are the most impactful, the biggest games. And I guess that's pretty true because the farther we go in the season, the more impactful these games are, the more each loss counts, all of that. So this week we got two doozies. For the ooh games of the week that we're going to preview for this upcoming Saturday of college football, Get prepared. Lace them up. First game of the week here. Number two, JMU playing number five, Villanova. I think I said, was it last week or two weeks ago? Where I, where I mentioned how this is basically becoming a Villanova podcast. That was that was uh, on the, the previous episode before yeah. we started recording. You pointed that out. I'd say that's fair. Yeah. I'd say it's fair. And what I pointed out to Sean was there's nothing wrong with that because any good podcast is going to follow the hottest teams. And Villanova went from being a mediocre team last year, resulting in a non-ranked team at the beginning beginning of the year. And that momentum has carried them to this point where they're now top five. And this is arguably the matchup of the season. I mean, it's the hottest team in all of FCS in Villanova. Now, Joe, we're going to crank it off with you here. Mm -hmm. What's your key to victory for JMU to take down this hot team? 
Well, last week in the game that we ended up recapping in the recapper episode, which was JMU's victory, JMU's victory over Stony Brook, and Danucci, their quarterback, had an okay game, but he continues to be a guy that turns over the ball, which is not what you want from a consistent, considered veteran quarterback. So I think a big thing here is just be very, very careful airing it out. Stony Brook had a very good secondary last week. And this Villanova secondary is arguably better than them. You need to be smart with the football. You can't lean on throwing the ball most of the game because if you're being realistic, Danucci's going to end up getting picked off again. They're going to be able to take advantage of his willingness to put the ball in risky situations because they have a veteran presence in their secondary and also in their defensive line who's probably going to be able to generate uh, some pressure. So I think Juwan Hamilton, who had a great game last week, rushing for over 100 yards on about 13 carries was the game that he had, which is a great day. You might as well use that to your advantage. They obviously have a very good run defense, but I'm more scared of this secondary and Danucci trying to play against it than I am Hamilton trying to run against this this defensive line. Agreed, and I think that you got if you're JMU, you have to protect the rock this week. That mean, That needs to be a major key of emphasis during practice. Uh, you had three fumbles last week. You have to take care of that ball against this defense because they're going to swarm and they're going to get their turnovers one way or another. You have to make sure it's as limited as possible. Maybe one turnover is what you can allow against this team because every possession that they have is so valuable they can score on any possession, which takes me to my second point for JMU, time of possession. Keep Villanova offense off the field as much as, much as possible. Drain the clock out. Let your offense do its work. Take long, long drives. You... You need to minimize their amount of time on the field. Now for Joe. The Villanova keys to victory. Please start us off. I think you need to trust Justin Covington. He's proven to be a top five running back in the FCS. He's up there with uh, James Robinson of Illinois State. They're very not Illinois State. No, no, that is the correct that is the correct team. I don't know why I blanked on that for a second. But Covington is a very, very good running back. He's been leaned on. He's been able to take over games against good defenses and good opponents. As much as their passing game has bailed them out in situations, I'm even more afraid, and I just said that this this Villanova secondary is good. I'm even more afraid of this JMU secondary because you got Rashad Robinson playing corner who's going to be a draft prospect and you have a plethora of other talented players as well as some guys coming off the edge. I am not that confident in them being able to throw the ball against them. They're probably only going to throw for like 150 yards if they're lucky. If they do things right, they can win this game with Justin Covington rushing for 190 yards and he'll be the CAA Offensive Player of the Week. I think Daniel Smith is going to be more intricate into this win than Justin Covington. You JMU, so? JMU run defense is too stout, man. He he needs to be 100% clean, though. Yeah, that's because true. Because Daniel Smith has, again, he's come out and he's played very well in games, but he's also not at that level yet where I want mm. him to be a dominant veteran quarterback. He's, not, a, he's a grad transfer guy. Yeah, he has not a ton of playing time. You're not 6-0 without a quarterback that can't get the job done like that. I think he's as proven as you can be through six games. He can do what you need him to oh. in spot situations, but Justin Covington has been oh, the he's, leading he's force their in guy. this offense. Yeah. He's their guy, but you got to drive down the field with somebody. Yeah, Covington, I'm a little bit biased because I think he's one of my favorite players this year to watch, and I, like I just said, he has been a strong reason why – this Villanova offense and this Villanova team has been good as it was. I think that you need to keep hitting the hot hand. 
especially with a good secondary that JMU has. For me, it's Villanova's, Villanova's offense continuing to spread the wealth. Last week, nine different players caught a pass and five different players ran the ball, excluding Daniel Smith. So that's six different people toting the rock and nine different people catching the ball. They're using every player on their offense to their highest potential in a way. They are finding a way to make other teams plan for more people, which is so much harder uh, defensively. You have to know which guys are, you're going to need to be in nickel for. You're going to need to know which guys you're going to maybe need to be in dime for. I don't know how many college programs out there really have a strong dime package like that, but Villanova can do that. They can spread out five wide and pass it to anybody. It, it's something that they're really, really strong at this year is just incorporating all the pieces in their offense to get the highest product possible. I think we have consistently said and brought up the fact that they spread the ball around. This has not been like a one-time occurrence. There's been multiple games where we've pointed out that they've had X amount of people catching the ball, X amount of people rushing the ball. They have a very talented offense. They've got a lot of talented players that can do something, that can make big plays. It doesn't matter who the hand is that has the ball. Not one bit. And I think we're ready to get into our second UU game of the week. Oh, yeah. This was, a, this was a tough one to pick here, to right. pick the second game, because there were so many good games this weekend. We just decided to be a little bit different here in deciding who it was. Still a ranked matchup here. Yeah. We're going with South Dakota State versus Youngstown State this upcoming Saturday. Joe, we're going to start with South Dakota State and their keys to victory. Start us off. This game's going to be one on the ground, and when I was looking at the stats for both teams... They have offenses that are producing over 200 yards rushing per game, both teams. So it's basically going to be about whoever can run the ball most effectively and whose run defense uh, comes to play. So I think South Dakota State really needs to stick with Pierre Strong Jr. being that guy that can be leaned on. Um, If you're able to, like I said, outgain them, that is going to be a big key. There's not really going to be much you can do to slow them down. Right. You just need to find a way to outgain them on the ground because this game's just not going to feature a lot of passing yards. I can guarantee that. Right. For me, last week, and Joe is a big proponent of third down percentage and that being a massive point of the game. Last week, South Dakota State held Southern Illinois for one for 14 on third down. Now, if you even give up three more third down conversions to that to Youngstown State, you're still sitting at it at a ridiculous, ridiculously good percentage on third down percentage for defense. Now, I mean, obviously that's going to probably be my key to victory here is holding Youngstown State uh, to a minimal third down conversion rate, which is one of the strengths of your defense. Maybe Southern Illinois didn't just have just didn't have it that day. Maybe they, maybe South Dakota State's defense is really that good. But if you can replicate that, and even you don't need to have to be that spectacular, give up a couple more, you're still doing a really good job at stopping them. Now, Joe, for Youngstown State. I think that their pass rush for Youngstown State is going to be very important in this game. They have a very underrated group that is not talked about enough. A number of different guys that have been consistent about getting after the quarterback. In total, 14 sacks on the year, which is a really good number through, I believe it's five games that were that most teams have played at this point, five or six. I don't have the exact uh, number of games that they've played right now, but still, that's about three sacks a game that we're looking at. That's good production. Um, I think you need to get after Jabor Gibbs, and if you slow down Pierre Strong Jr. and you keep him from picking up 
major gains and you force them into, even if it's just a third and short, if it's third and four and shorter, if you are able to get after the quarterback and, and get them to force them to punt the ball on third down, I think that's very, very important for uh, for getting this victory. Now, for me, and you alluded it, alluded to it, for South Dakota State's key to victory, for me, it's Youngstown State's key to victory is stopping Pierre Strong Jr., who last week had 20 rushes for 229 yards and a touchdown. Youngstown State isn't going to come close to winning this game if he averages 11.5 yards per carry a game again. They're not going to get close if he averages six to eight yards per carry. You need to hold him, a a fantastic back, to five and under. And five is still really high for yards per carry. That's two two rushes in a first down. You need to to find a way. Jam that box up. Load it up. You cannot let him tee off for 11 and a half yards per carry. A guy like Strong, you're obviously not going to stop him from having a good rushing day. He's probably going to rush for over 100 yards. But the key thing when you have these dominant rushing um, offenses with good running backs is just eliminating those splash plays, eliminating those those rushes of 15 or more, 20 or more. If you can keep him exactly at four to five yards a clip and maybe he rushes for over 100 yards, you're going to be able to win the football game because I am not confident in this passing offense. You I, you shouldn't be. I mean, that, that, that's their bread and butter is Pierre Strong Jr. Now, Joe. Yeah. We have one upset watch here. Yes. Today. You want to dive into this one for me? Yeah. I mean, not a ton to go behind this, but I – I thought this was a great upset to be looking for because Cal Poly almost upset Montana State, and we discussed it in the recap show from week six. I think Cal Poly is good enough to play upset again in this situation. UC Davis, for some reason, is still ranked 12 despite having a 2-4 and four record on the season. Um, I think that they're very, very vulnerable and an easily upsettable team. So Cal Poly has a perfect chance here if they come out and play the same way they did against Montana State that they could sneak out and get a ranked opponent and beat them. Yeah, I think that everyone, I mean, we've hitched our wagons to UC Davis too, for too long this year. Uh, I I almost don't even view this as an upset in some ways because yeah. obviously it's a ranked opponent, non, non-ranked opponent, top 15 ranked opponent, non-ranked opponent. But UC Davis is not giving me much to to look on and, and say, wow, you know, they are a dominant, they're, they're a, a surging favorite in this game. Besides the obvious talent in Jake Mayer and right. Alonzo Gilliam, I think that this UC Davis is a bit overrated. So I think these teams are both very, very evenly matched, which is why it is in the situation where it's an upset watch. We're over favoring a UC Davis team because a lot of people right now are hanging on to that vision in the beginning of the season that assumed that they were going to be this top four seed in the tournament and now they're really struggling and there's a very very good shot that they do struggle this week as well yeah like technically it would be an upset but if you if you know the teams and you're following them close enough you're like ah i wouldn't be surprised if cal poly won yeah we're just going off of the polls being overly willing and a little bit oblivious to the situation (laughs) i mean that's the reality of it they're they're putting too much stock in them when the reality is they're evenly matched against Cal Poly. There's a very, very good shot this game's an upset. I concur. Now, Joe? Yes. I am really, really, really excited for oh, FC Estimates this week. I know why you are. But this week, let's get into it. We are on to your favorite FCS football game show, FC Estimates, where we give you the game picks of a number of different games from the week. Now we're going to be getting to our percentages very, very shortly. 
Uh, there's a bit of a surprise here. I did not have a good week. And we're going to find out very quickly what exactly the heck happened. So first game, North Dakota State, Illinois State. I got this one wrong. I was blatantly ignorant in assuming that there was going to be an upset here. <laughs> um, was not even close. Was not even a close game. Illinois State made me look silly. Come on, guys. You got to be know I'm picking you. Uh, one for one, Joe, 0 for one, one for one for Sean. Central Arkansas, Nichols State. I got this one wrong again. So did Sean. Nichols State got the victory. One for two for Sean, 0 for two for Joe. Youngstown State, Northern Iowa. I ended up getting this one right. Sean got it wrong. One for three for both of us. Tennessee Tech, Southeast Missouri State. Now I'm taking my lead back. Two for four with the Southeast Missouri State victory. Sean, one for four. Weber State, Idaho. Idaho's just not doing well after we, we, we gassed them up as much as we did. God. Uh, Sean got this one right. Two for five. I got it wrong. Two for five. UC Davis, North Dakota. Both of us got it wrong. Two for six. UC just, Davis. Just a really bad week from... Oh, man. I'm out on them. I don't know why either of us picked UC Davis. Never again. I don't know how they're still ranked. That ranking might be arbitrary. I need to go I'm, back and check that. Eastern Washington, Sacramento State. Uh, we, I got this one wrong. Sean got it right. He, Sean picked up this upset. Not really an upset because Eastern Washington is overrated. Three for seven, two for seven for Joe. I come back here with this next pick. Elon UNH. Oh, I got this one right. I got, I didn't know I got this one right. I picked, I picked UNH. Oh, no, you didn't. I you didn't. didn't. Oh, so oh my, my gosh. These numbers are wrong. Oh gosh. Did you pick UNH? No. You didn't pick UNH. So I'm two for eight. Sean's three for eight. So these numbers are all wrong. Oh, oh, how quickly can you do this math, Sean? <laughs> oh, no. Sean has one job each week, and that's to do all these numbers. And he botched the hell out of it. He botched it. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about botched jobs <laughs> Last here. game, I also got this wrong. Two for nine on the Central Connecticut State Sacred Heart. Sean also got it wrong. Why would we nine. pick Sacred Heart? I don't know, what man. What is wrong with us? <laughs> Ah, they're a good football team, man. So I want to read this quote that I had last week, and Sean quoted me on it. I'm calling it, I'm going to get all my picks right this week. I'm going to get every single one. <laughs> Deduct 10% from me if I don't get a single pick right. <laughs> I can call hubris. Was that me who said that I can call yes, hubris? Yes, yes. All right, so... I can call hubris because I'm dominating you. So I had... <laughs> A weekly average. <laughs> you know what? You do it. You Vanna White, go ahead. Don't, <laughs> call me Vanna. <laughs> well, my weekly average. A modest 33%. And Joe's weekly average. Come on, people. Get hyped up for me. 22% two for nine. I'm sorry, fans. God, I can hear the disappointment. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, my goodness. I let you down. It's not even like I went 50% here and I was just off trend. I could not have had a worse week. I think I was just getting too cute with it. You called your shot. Uh, this was like me pulling up from half court and I just turned around and I was like, money, and it just, like I airballed it. That was the, the closest. <laughs> like I'm up by 30 points and I just heaved one. So I at least was feeling good about myself because Sean... And I had the same percentage, so it didn't impact anything. We both went down. So now what's the season average, Sean? My season average, 42%. Still terrible. I'm yes, terrible. You went down. Joe's season average, 64%, an eight-point drop. <laughs> I 
was doing so well. God, do you think I do you think I jinxed myself? Because I think I made some comment that like I would need to go on some egregious run for you to come. Actually, you it, said doesn't, it doesn't even matter because you still went down. You went backwards. <laughs> it was my chance to take the lead, and I blew it. You wouldn't have taken the lead, but I think Or at you, least at least make up some ground. You, you would have been like it would have been like fifty, I think, if you had a good week. Oh my goodness, that makes me so happy. It makes me so happy. After the week where you're talking the most trash. <laughs> All right, we're oh gonna give give you the, the upcoming game picks. I'm making this. I'm taking back in the seventy percent tile, and I'm I'm reestablishing myself as the best game picker oh. in all of FCS. Oh yeah, put me up against any analyst you have. I need. I kind of want to check what what every single other analyst has. You know, Herder went eleven for eleven one week. No, he didn't. Yeah, <laughs> gotta check that one. He went eleven for eleven. Who do you think he's paying? I don't know. <laughs> There's a little point shaving going on here. No one goes eleven for eleven. Just bought a house. I don't know. How do you know that he did? Uh, I was listening on Twitter. No, I was listening to him. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) What's interesting? Here are the games for the week. (laughs) The two uwu games: JMU Villanova. Sean. You see, this no, no, this one's tough because JMU just got out of a dog fight. And Villanova's the hottest team in the FCS. Villanova was also in a dogfight. <sighs> Sean, you're taking too long here. JMU. JMU for me. South uh, South Dakota State. I almost said San Diego State. South Dakota State, because you wrote SDSU. South Dakota State, Youngstown State. South Dakota State. South Dakota State for me. North Dakota, Idaho State. North, North Dakota's going back-to-back. Idaho State for Joe. Cal Paul, UC Davis. If I pick the upset, you have to pick the upset, too. All right? Cal Poly. What? Oh, he stole my damn pick. Fine. Cal Poly. I oh, because we up. didn't just talk about there uh, being an upset. <laughs> screw you. Sacramento <laughs> State, Montana State. Hmm. Give me Montana State. Montana State, UNH, Stony Brook. Hmm. UNH. Got to give me Stony Brook in this one. Yale, Dartmouth, Ivy League. Hmm. This one's for Coach Callie. Dartmouth. Yale. Southeast Missouri State. Austin P. Hmm. I'll take Southeast Missouri State. Austin P. for Joe. UT Martin, Tennessee Tech. Another game. Well, UT for Tennessee Tech. UT, in here. UT Martin's been hot recently, so I'm going to take them over Tennessee Tech. I will never pick in favor of. <laughs> the school of Chris Anderson. Oh, really? <laughs> you know what? All right. I'm flip-flopping. I'm taking Tennessee Tech. All right. UT Martin, San Diego Davidson. God, your dad's going to tweet something angry <laughs> at me. <laughs> Dude, I'll never pick URI. Uh, just waiting for that. Like I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to get some Friday morning. <laughs> no, I feel like your dad's like you. He'd give me he'd give me a hard time for about Notre Dame or something. I did wear a sweet uh, USC hat this weekend. Oh, you did? Was that a young thug? Yeah. Uh, San Diego Davidson. I'll take uh, I'll take San Diego over Davidson, even though Davidson's four and one. San Diego again for me. Lamar, Sam Houston State. Give me the uglies, Sam Houston State. I'm supporting Sam Houston State after watching uh, their kicker. Uh, did you see this video? I don't think I did. Their kicker uh, was trying to warm up at halftime, and the I don't know what for what school, but the. Uh, the guy that was in charge of the band got so worked up that he was in his way that he picked up his kicking tee and and got all mad and tried to throw it away from him. So the kicker just shoved him out of the way and kept kicking. Like, get the hell out of the way. No one's paying to watch 
watch the band. No one's coming there to watch the band. So I'm going with Sam Houston State. What are you pulling up there? I'm pulling up uh, some stuff for Kwame's Corner here. Okay. Oh, I was also going to pull up something from Kwame's Corner. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, Peter Mooney was probably our best uh, listener on Twitter this week. He even gave us a shout-out for the win. Um, let's see here. Oh, Chris Anderson. I didn't see this one. Soup to nuts. You can do whatever job or process from beginning to end. Not sure, but soup being the beginning of meal and nuts being the end of meal des- uh, dessert. A term that is used frequently in the <laughs> IT industry. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find the listener suggestion one here. Oh, no. I, I have it pulled up. Oh, you do? Go so, ahead. So, uh, Colin Sutrick, he gave us a very good idea here. And it was also very comical <laughs> because he kind of threw some shade at Sean. Oh, God, he killed him. Yeah, <laughs> so, wait, at Sean Anderson 65, <laughs> I think you need to restart FCS estimates. FCS estimates. It's FC estimates. Um, just got to correct you there a little bit. With a listener portion so uh so listeners can also make picks and test out their abilities against the host that way at joe de leon can also read out the names of the listeners who pick <laughs> better than you <laughs> each yeah, week thanks, Colin. <laughs> oh man wait and i think he had uh he had one more comment no he didn't but he uh, no, yeah he did uh, oh, he said, maybe you let Sean in the listener who gets the least picks correctly. Like, he immediately assumes that you're going to be behind me. I bet your number Each one pick- fan, Collins, pretty happy about this week, huh? Each pick uh, <laughs> one of the teams in the championship game. You can call it the toilet bowl. So the only thing Sean's going to qualify for the to- is the toilet bowl. So I just need to address this. I really like the idea, but it's going to be a little complicated to do it. Give us some time and we'll try and work it out just because we're going to have to find a way to aggregate all of these picks and then go in and check them and then do the math. Like it, it, it sounds like it's a good, simple idea to do, but we're going to have to find a system for it. Well, let's, uh, let's if you have a suggestion, let's for put it, we'll, Tyler Cheek on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Tyler Cheek, if Tyler you want to do it, send us a message yeah. for us. Um, we should put together a discord or something. I don't know if there's enough listeners that that have discord or not but again shoot us a message or something if that's uh if there's like a medium that you think you guys want to communicate this through just let me know i'll do a facebook group or something um i know there's a, a fcs fan facebook group which i'm which i'm currently in so maybe we could uh put the poll out there or something Gosh. like that okay well we'll figure it out i do really like the idea it's just facilitating it and there is right. a little bit complicated why we didn't get it up for this week We'll try and implement this more towards the end of the season. Maybe we'll do it for the playoff. Maybe that will make it a little bit more fun. Well, can I get to this this one? And <laughs> yeah, I said ahead. I wasn't going to talk about it. Go ahead. But I feel like I have to. Hey, Ryan T. asked, oh. who has the better overall record picking games is the million-dollar question. Oh. Oh. Hey, Ryan T., why don't you just say, hey, guys, I don't listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not like he's going to give us a comment because he clearly doesn't listen, listen far enough just in to know <laughs> who's picking <laughs> who's picking. Better. I tell you, we've got a lot of really great listeners that reach out to us and they're just, you know, they're nice and they give us questions and they're mm-hmm. being a lot more active than they used to be. This one, and I know I gave Kwame a little bit of a, a hard time last week for his, uh, his tweet about the other show, <laughs> but Kwame has never <laughs> tweeted anything like that. <sighs> That's why I'm it's sorry, still Ryan. Ryan, corner. Ryan has sent us some good questions. He but has. Come on, guy. Come on, man. I. Oh. 
I know you're listening. It, just hurt, I, it might have it been just, just a mental lapse. Yeah, <laughs> la- mental lapse here. Okay, Ryan. One more time. So far in the year, Joe is 34 for 53. I am 22 for 53. We all clear? We're all clear. All right, we don't have any rejected segments this week. We don't? I don't think so. I couldn't remember. We don't have any? Nope. So this is going to be wrapping up the Thursday episode of the FCS podcast presented by the Believe Podcast Network. Joe, finish up the house cleaning for me, please. One of these days, you're going to learn how to do it and, you know, like it is housekeeping, uh, you know, once you figure out how to do the dishes and and mop the floor, you're going to do it. All right. You don't like that comment. comment. All right. That's going to be it from us, folks. Make sure you follow Sean and I on Twitter at Joe DeLeon and at SeanAnderson65. Also, follow Believe Podcasts at Believe Podcasts, spelled B L E A V. Wherever you're listening to us, be sure to rate and subscribe us, subscribe to us, and give us some feedback. But if you happen to stumble upon us, you can always subscribe to us wherever you can find a podcast Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Uh, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you name it. Also, we are on the Believe.com, spelled B-L-A-A-V.com website where there is a number of other wonderful shows. Thank you, and have a wonderful rest of your day, FCS football fans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.